0: guys out there doing in listening land this is kevo and this is another episode of the great northern way we so appreciate you guys being a part of our show our podcast each week we thank you for all of the feedback uh, we want to remind you to follow us at on instagram it's at the great northern way p-o-d And that's on Instagram. On Facebook, it's Facebook forward slash K-E-V-O-C-A-B-E-L-L. And we really appreciate your feedback. Uh, You know, we had the dating episode. We had the Shy Guys objection. We really appreciate you guys tuning in and giving us your feedback week after week. Also, we want to let you know, uh, if you do feel so inclined, you can donate. We are listener supported. Uh, You can go to PayPal.me. Forward slash Kevo, K E V O, Cabell. And as you like, you can do it if you are in Canada or if you are in the US. Oh, and then a very special announcement, ladies and gentlemen, as if you could not tell, uh, we do have merchandise ready. It is at the Great Northern Way Shop on Facebook. Uh, so go ahead and grab you something for back to school or whatever fits your need. Uh, we're so thankful for you guys. And without further ado, we are going to introduce our guests. Our guest here today is the lovely Anna Yoon. How are you today, Anna?
1: I'm good. It's a beautiful Vancouver day with a sun so bright, Um, perfect location. And yeah.
0: Yeah, just as you said that, I looked around and yeah, I'm seeing the North Shore over here, downtown to the left, uh, to the right. We have beautiful commercial drive. Uh, we just had the, uh, what was the it, Taste of Italy or Italy Day, was it Sunday?
1: Probably Taste of Italy on Commercial Drive?
0: Yes, Commercial yeah. Drive. Yeah, and so it was just a beautiful, beautiful array of things. Did you uh, get a chance to check out any of the Italian eateries? or?
1: In no, not, la- not this past weekend, but I do love Italian food, and I have actually a couple of friends who are really good Italian cooks.
0: Great, great, great. And so we just appreciate you being here, and uh, you know, as the Italians say, bella, bella, bella.
1: <laughs> <laughs> pretty good, pretty good.
0: Yes. So, uh, what we are talking about today is the psychology behind dating, uh, basically the decisions that we make within dating, and uh, and we so we brought Anna on uh, because basically she has a great background. We're gonna get into it, matter of fact. But the first thing that we do is a weekly. A weekly thing that and every one of our listeners appreciates this it is called canada have you heard of canada before
1: no i have not oh.
0: well <laughs> thank you anna uh we try to we, we basically okay canada is you should know these basics about canada or the people who are inhabited of thereof and so our game of canada is a you should know these basics or duh you're not very Canadian or maybe you are but these are just some fun facts and we just like to get into it so without further ado drum roll, please okay Anna according to the Vancouver Sun there was an article recently put out about the top 10 reasons that you should date a Canadian
1: ooh how interesting
0: I mean you know, besides the fact that you get to go on beautiful hikes, I think there's a lot of reasons. That's right? a
1: Vancouver thing.
0: That's a ah, that's true because there is a distinction between Vancouver and the rest of Canada.
1: So we're we talking about the Canada or Vancouver specifically.
0: Well, we're just talking about uh, Canada, Canada, but but different. but you know there are beautiful mountains throughout. However, I do understand that I was, well, I was told in Toronto it's not it's more flat, right? So you don't have as many hillish, right. many peaks and valleys, right? right? lots of lakes lots of lakes lots of lakes so for this episode of canada anna i need you to give me the top three reasons there were 10 but i'll be nice (laughs) can you give me 10 excuse me three reasons why someone should date a canadian
1: okay i think i'm gonna nail the first one (laughs) uh and that is because we canadians are very polite We are one of the most polite nations out there in the world.
0: Yes, 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 that actually was on there. Good job. Way to go. Way to go, Anna. Good job. All right. So two more.
1: All right. Let's see. I think... Canada is very culturally diverse so if you are open-minded about things you're just gonna learn so much from anybody you date who um, lives in Canada just because of their potential background because of the people that they hang um, out with etc there's just so much to learn about each other through the cultural diversity
0: actually yes it's on the list Yes, the cultural diversity is actually on that list. Really? So, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, Anna, out of 10, is 2 for 2. But we're only okay. doing we're only doing 3. So, without further ado, drum roll for the last one. What is the your last of the of three reasons that someone should date a Canadian?
1: All right. Um I would say if I had to only pick one, we are very active and health conscious.
0: <laughs> no. Oh. What? Yeah. Yeah. But you did great. You did that really.
1: cannot be true.
0: It's. It wasn't on the list. Uh, so you got one of those was that you were culturally diverse. So you got that one. Yeah. Uh, the other one was that you'd have a great selection of sweaters.
1: Sweaters, okay. Yeah. I guess, I guess that's true. You'd go to Roots for that.
0: Right. You have a good there. Another one uh, was that uh, you, you said about. I think you said about. Was it hikes? You said. What was the. What was the first one you you gave me?
1: Uh, the first one was the polite.
0: Ah, yes. It was about the politeness. Uh, it was also laid back. So that's three. The diction, I guess. They were just referring to the a you know mm-hmm. Canadian syrup. Yeah. So the diction uh, they were saying your relationship uh, Canadians are relationship ori- oriented. Uh, maple syrup was I don't know why just maple syrup. Right. And uh, sense of humor. So that was like around eight, and I think oh number nine was poutine. I don't know why just poutine.
1: Have you tried poutine?
0: Yeah, but it's only good I suppose on the east coast.
1: I mean, it's prevalently on the East Coast, but there are a couple of places that um, have good poutine here as well.
0: Okay. Okay. So thank you for playing. Thank you for being a good sport. We really appreciate that. And uh, without further ado, so we want to talk about today the psychology of dating or the reason why people make certain choices. And like we know in life that it's just, there's a variable, there's lots of things there's people's past that come into play. There are, you know, uh, supposed selfish reasons that come into play. There are so many different things behind the psychology psychology of dating and the psychology of why people make certain decisions. And we also obviously want to talk about, uh, you know, dating, the psychology of dating post-married, post-in your, you know, 30s, 40s, and around that, around that time, around that age. So so basically, uh, may I ask uh, Anna, where are you from?
1: Uh, so, I originally come, f- come from the country called Kazakhstan. It's the country in Central Asia that borders with China on the east and Russia to the north, um, as well as Tajikistan, Kyrgyzstan and uh, Uzbekistan. So, th- uh, most of them were actually former Soviet Union republics except for, uh, except for China. Uh, so yeah, that's my background. I came to Vancouver in 2006, so this is home now.
0: Wow! Well, welcome home. Uh, Thanks. <laughs> what kind of may I ask? What kind of work or what kind of field of what, what kind of field do you work in currently? Right.
1: Uh, so, for the majority of my experience, professional experience, I have been doing marketing. So I started off uh, marketing consumer package goods. So mostly food brands or beverage uh, brands like Coca-Cola. Pepsi. Um, There's another brand called SC Johnson that sells, um, you know, cleaning supplies and things like that. And about five years ago, I switched to a different industry, which is called biotechnology or life sciences, but I still do marketing. I just market to different people.
0: Wow. I mean, that's a huge jump from like Coca-Cola to like biotechnologies, right? So, you know, you're like uh, going from like, why do people drink soft drinks you know, or, you know, why would people want to try Coke Vanilla? And then you got, uh, you said bio, we bi- it again, bio?
1: Biotechnology.
0: Biotechnology, which, which I'm guessing like is something involved with like solar paneling?
1: Uh, no, biotechnology is biological products, so anything related to science. Okay. Uh, it's, sometimes it could be physical products or it could be technology that is aimed at improving health outcomes in one form or another.
0: Nice. Okay. And so you did mention that you've been here for 16 or 13? 16 years. 16 years. Uh, So that was actually one of our questions. You jumped, you got ahead of us. You are on the money today. And so uh, just so we know what, uh, you know, just because of our topic today, what was your, when you moved here originally, what was your relationship status when you originally moved to Canada?
1: Yeah. So I was married. uh, So I moved here with my husband.
0: Okay. Okay. And although I'm, I'm taking you had discussed the move, uh, you know, because you you know, going through the different paperwork. And although you had discussed the move with your husband at the time, uh, do you, before you actually made the move, do you feel like moving obviously from another country on the other side, of the, uh, the eastern part of Europe to uh, the west or Canada put an extra stress on the relationship?
1: Well, definitely. I, of course, didn't really know before the move but once we got here and we started settling uh, there were a lot of pressures that were not necessarily necessarily related to the marriage itself but were related to life obviously you have to start from the beginning to establish yourselves we were both young professionals so we're quite ambitious and careers were very important to us and On top of all that, we also became new parents, and so we had to figure out the way to raise and parent a a child outside of our comfort zones, outside of our home country, outside of all the traditions and uh, everything that we were used to before without support systems. So all of that combined, of course, was a big um, challenge for the marriage as well.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, I definitely understand that because you think about it like, yeah, when people need babysitters. They turn to extended family. Uh, did you have, I know that his family was in Europe. Did you uh, have any family here uh, or, or know any extended family members here before you made your move?
1: So my parents and my younger sister actually live in Seattle just across the border. So that was huge support. Um, it was close enough so when we landed here they actually had the place rented for us and furnished and they came here as often as they could but obviously everybody has their own life and there's only so mu- so many times that they can visit per year just given their vacation days and day offs etc so I would say for the most part it was just the three of us my husband myself and our daughter so we had to figure it all out
0: yeah and that can be tough when you're having to figure it out when you're trying to just figure things out you know as a as an adult being on a different land you know and being being here so you said you worked in marketing and uh you know you worked with coca-cola sc johnson a family company i love when they do their commercial a family company you're right. like oh it's a family company i don't know what that means i just want some air spray to make <laughs> i just want to make my house smell better my family is the reason I need this air because right. they they have some dirty socks. But uh, no, but you, you mentioned working for them, and I'm just curious because marketing involves like the study of people's behaviors and choices. Right. Uh, you do study groups, focus groups. You bring people in. You yep. you ask them why they do certain things. So, is there anything that maybe as a study group or focus group that you learned about? Uh, I mean, you know, in the general sense right. about uh, the reasons why people make particular choices.
1: Right. So I think the simplest explanation for why people do what they do um, goes back to a very basic model that we learn in marketing based on behavioral science. And that's the Maslow hierarchy of needs needs and motivations. Yes. So I think a lot of what we do in marketing is actually based on that. So it starts with physical needs, right? Needs for food and water and sleep and then goes up and um, then you, you need safety, right? You want to feel safe, you want to have shelter, you want to feel safe when you go outside. And only when those needs are met, which we are very fortunate here in Canada or in North America or in the developed world, to not even think or question, most of us do not have to think of, uh, of those things, those bases are covered, right? So we sometimes go right uh, to the third level, which is um, the need for love and belonging and the two higher forms of our needs are self actualization, and that's where you want to have your own identity, sense of achievements, etc. And the very last one is self actualization, where um, you relate who you are as a person in relation to the rest of the society. So, a lot of it, if you think about it in marketing, are actually based on those, those five needs. Right. And um, depending on what you're selling, um, you can sort of play to the to one or another.
0: I like that. I like that. And so and thank you for that. So you brought up self-actualization right. and as, as part of the, the five uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. right? Um, and and uh, I suppose self-realization and things of that right. nature. So I, I do have to ask. Um, do you feel coming from kazakhstan and whatever the you know attitudes were towards however the society was do you feel that moving to the west kind of made you feel more empowered as a woman or liberated as a woman do you feel like that gave you any more freedom or maybe you just felt like it was just you know I, i don't know maybe it could have been status quo but did you feel anything different moving to the to the west
1: I definitely think there, there are major differences between the Eastern uh, set of values and Western set of values, which is why I was always curious about living um, in Canada or in North America or in the West in general. Um, I think people in the East in general tend to be very family oriented, very traditional in a sense. And so to that extent, I did feel the shift, but then again, I was brought up in a very liberal environment. Both of my parents are very um, democratic in their approach, Uh, they're, you know, well-cultured, educated, so I was already exposed to all of that, and so it wasn't as much of a cultural shift or shock for me, because I already grew up with those values. And then this, the second thing of it is I think the freedom comes from within, right? Uh, Some of it is shaped by society and environment, but, um, The big part of it is also how you feel about yourself and how you relate to people around you.
0: I love that. I love that your parents provided something for you, even if, however however the attitudes were, your parents provided you that blueprint, and that's what you went off of. I love that you were independent in in the midst of whatever it is that this society of views may have been. So I guess I must bring that up. So what were, in Kazakhstan growing up, or maybe even current day, Right. What do you feel are the attitudes towards dating, marriage, life, or, uh, you know, success as it pertains to having a family? Uh, You may have hit on a little bit of it, but just to drive it home and make it clear, what do you feel are uh, the attitudes or views in Kazakhstan?
1: Right. Um, Well, I would like to first make a disclaimer that, you know, I am not representative of the whole country. I can only speak from my experiences. I'm also a really weird mix, right? I There's Eastern European culture in me because Kazakhstan used to be part of Soviet Union, which was a prevalent culture, actually, um, over there. And then ethnically, I'm also Korean. So I guess I'm South Asian, Southeast Asian in that, that way. And I was born in, and lived in Kazakhstan. So I can only speak from my own experiences, but I would say that, um, yeah, societal expectations from women, the gender equality in a broad sense were a little different. The priorities for women to self actualize were a little different as well. So um, there were pressures, and there are pressures on young women in terms of the age they get married at and, uh, you know, raising a family and all that. So it's more of an exception when somebody says oh I actually I'm, I'm okay on my own I don't want a family I don't want kids I my focus is career at this point so people do look funny at you but again there are exceptions to both there are also more traditional people living here in the in the West than um, back East so it's all relative right
0: shout out to Manitoba Saskatchewan and Alberta <laughs> I mean you know <laughs> everybody there there are traditional people here Uh, in Vancouver proper but I think she was referring to basically Manitoba Saskatchewan no she was referring to just people in general and I don't want to speak for Anna but no thank you for that and I I think um, it is it is different when you're saying that hey there's there could be people who are old school traditional even here or you know in whatever we consider here to be Vancouver may be a slightly progressive or very progressive But that's only found in the areas of the people you hang out, hang out with because you could be in North Vancouver and it could be very much, I don't know, in the same way as it was if it, if it was that way back home. But it just, you know, it truly depends. And it's all based on a mentality and a mindset. So thank you for that. Um, and so uh, and I just I guess I need to ask as well, uh, how did you and your ex-husband uh, meet? Uh, or the husband that you, when you came here, how did you guys meet in Kazakhstan?
1: So we actually met at work. We used to work together. And so um, because it was kind of professional environment, I wasn't really comfortable with people knowing because I felt like personal life should be kept personal life. And so we were undercover <laughs> for for as long as we're dating, actually. And then we got married and there was no hiding it because we would leave and come to work at the same time but yeah it was a funny story
0: secret lovers i love it (laughs) i love it i love that uh you guys took that chance right you know and we talk about like the dating world today and like the way the people are today um you know i i'm i'm very curious as to how you feel about you know speaking of like dating apps Mm -hmm. and the the you guys taking it that way through work because that is some people will do that, but that's that's a very like old school way like most people are you know, like you said they're career oriented and for good reason that's it's not a bad thing, but I love that you guys took that chance um, But now that we are in this technology infused world, I have to ask you a question to, to kind of like contrast that sure. is do you feel that because of technology influenced the world we live in today, that maybe that we live in such a world where maybe because we talked about dating in our 30s or 40s that the 40 is the new 30 in the dating age because of technology or 30 is the new 20 because there are so many advances I I suppose we could still be our our own ways and our own selves but I suppose what I'm speaking to is more the things that we're available to us like maybe it could have been that and and that wasn't that long ago well how long guys did you guys meet
1: how long ago did we meet? Yeah. Um, I don't know, like close to 20 years ago
0: now. I mean, that's not that long ago. It's long enough, but it's not that long right. ago. But things change rapidly. But maybe they, you may have felt less options, or maybe a woman at that time does feel less options. Today, women may not, they may feel more empowered. Men as well, women or men. So do you feel that because of technology and where we are, that you know maybe 40 is the new 30 and 30 is the new 20 when it comes to dating? Uh, you know post uh, post marriage or, or post a uh, uh, long relationship
1: I mean I think I do believe age is just a number I think it all goes to how you feel about yourself what you're looking for when you approach dating um, also your lived experiences right somebody may come t- may. Be reaching their 40s and they haven't really lived their life yet maybe they were focusing on other areas etc so for them maybe 40s and new 20s for myself speaking from my own experience because I married quite early we were married when I was 23 and he was 25 and we were married for 17 years I would say stepping into the exciting world of dating was liberating but it was also Scary. It was uncertain. It was flaky. All of it. So, so I would say, as much as it enables you to maybe meet people you wouldn't have otherwise, it also presents you with so many options. And so I think people get jaded by it. People uh, look at their prospective dates as just numbers. And I think it's. I wouldn't say it's wrong, but I, I think it's. It's a. It's definitely a. Um, flaw of dating online is that you get tired of looking at all the faces flipping by, right? And you stop seeing the person behind Ooh. the picture. That's deep. Uh, yeah, but uh, at the same time, it gives you access to so many people, especially with our busy lives, right? You don't need to, uh, you know, go into office to meet your <laughs> next date.
0: And uh, you did bring up when we spoke before about middle age dating. Now, I don't feel like in any way 40 is middle age, but some people may. So uh, I, I just have to pose a question to right. you uh, because you just got through saying, yeah, you know, it's, it's age is, is a, in some way a social construct or right. something we come up with. So do you feel that what age range, uh, what I, I guess it's, it's a weird question to pose, but I, I guess what do you feel constitutes middle age dating? You, you, I think you brought that term up earlier when we talked
1: middle age dating um, again it's just dependent on the personal experiences that you go through okay but I would say you know anywhere from maybe 35 to 50 ish is considered middle age dating but I think a lot of it is your emotional maturity and the, your life experiences that go into it so you may be a very mature 30 year old who is actually ready for commitment and ready to approach it in a very serious way or you could be forty five and still a player, you know, so
0: Wow. <laughs> shout out, uh well now no shout out. But <laughs> but uh yeah, no, you bring up a very interesting concept and actually when I was in Los Angeles I, I did see uh quite a bit a few guys who were similar to that. Okay. So I definitely understand exactly what you mean. Um and in and in regards to your marriage, um, you know, and this, and this, I think this may just feel like your uh, own evolution as a woman, and what you said, self-actualization. Self-actual, self-actual, yeah. When you spoke about uh, my, my uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yeah. But uh, how did you feel when you uh, approached the subject of your separation, divorce? Like, did you feel in some way, and I, and I don't know, it could be either the man or the woman. Right. Uh, but do you feel like you had done something wrong? Did you feel uh convicted like what uh I guess how was your feeling surrounding your uh divorce or separation
1: I absolutely did not feel that I was doing anything wrong I was also not feeling that my ex-husband was doing anything wrong I just thought that we marriage and love I think are hard work and I think I firmly believe that love is a verb it's not a noun it's not a constant and it's like anything that matters it requires effort it requires consistency play spontaneity creativity and all all of that and it was as we had covered earlier uh we were just busy with um our immigrant lives To and so we let go of of all of that and then eventually we kind of came to the point where it wasn't really reversible at least for me it wasn't reversible we did try working through it but it didn't work and so i think my one takeaway is If you're unhappy um, you know you can you can and you should change that so I think yeah uh, and there may not necessarily be any big dramatic reasons for it there doesn't need to be betrayal or anything like that it could be as simple as you know you are pursuing different paths or you outgrew each other or you simply lost interest and you know if it's irreversible then there's no reason to make each other unhappy or even half happy you know we only get one life to live so yeah that's my attitude towards it
0: wow thank you wow i love that i do love that and i love that you you're saying that you guys tried and yeah you you were honest about the the immigration process and possibly that could have tugged at you guys but i love that you're being transparent and i love that uh you know that, you know, this and, and this, and this is, I think we talked about this too. It's like, in a sense, we, we, we talk about the things that have gone wrong and that gone wrong or gone right or whatever we feel. And that is a way is our therapy. We're talking about it. We don't just bury it. You know, we don't just go, okay. I think a part of it being an adult, like you said, not being a player in your forties or thirties or, or whenever is looking at each situation and going, okay, what could I have done better?
1: Exactly. Right, and I think when you talk about self-actualization, a big part of it is your personal growth, your um, self-awareness, and all of that comes to play to how happy you are in a relationship. You cannot feel, you know, shitty about yourself as a person and be completely happy in the relationship. Right? At the end of the day, it's your job to be happy on your own. And um, then the relationship is much more sustainable, as opposed to putting all of your eggs in the same basket and and not self-actualizing.
0: Wow, beautiful, beautifully said. Um, And then you talked about the pros and cons uh, dating in thirties, and uh, so you know, or or you know, thirties or forties, or our technology thirties. You know, forty being (laughs) a new thirty. So, what do you feel Anna is a pro of dating? in your 30s post the marriage or post a long-term relationship 30s or 40s what do you feel is a pro
1: I would say the biggest pro at least based on my experience is um, a really deep knowledge of yourself and what you're after and who you are as a person and uh, not settling for anything less than being happy it's always a process but yeah self-knowledge I think and self-awareness and emotional maturity are definitely the perks of dating in the, in the middle age
0: so you know if we talk about a pro we got to turn right around <laughs> there's the other part so okay. what is the con of dating uh, you know post um,
1: so I would say that con is actually exactly the same as the pro because the self-knowledge self-awareness piece emotional maturity is a blessing and a curse right when you know each other or when you know yourself really well and really authentically you're less willing to compromise on some of the core values core beliefs some of the qualities that you would expect your partner to have um, so I think you are much more selective um, mm. and that's not necessarily a bad thing picky
0: is the word right yes. <laughs> uh,
1: I guess you could call it picky but also there's a beauty in it as well right if uh, Um, you're very firm on what you're looking for in a partner why wouldn't you look for it Uh, it's just that um, you know one caution that I would make is just just look sometimes past those superficial requirements like age height occupation etc and see the person behind all of that right
0: wow thank you very well spoken very well said thank you for that yeah I think Too often we get uh, caught up on our types or, you know, what it is that we like and our aesthetic. And I I don't know, like for that may have some bearing on something. But yeah, for the most part, if what we need is part of the five, uh, my hierarchy of needs, then we may be abandoning all of that just for one particular. Not even a need, really more like a want. Right. Or more like a preference preference
1: yeah and we may go through phases as well right Right. Um, you know if love and belonging which is the third stage of uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs is something that you need now to nurture yourself etc go for it and if you're looking for somebody for more of a self actualization and you're looking for a partner who is equal and successful and driven uh, that's okay too you may just uh, be looking for those different things at different phases
0: Nice. And so we spoke earlier about dating apps and there was a uh, there there was a psychologist. Her name was Samantha Joel. Okay. She did a study at the uh, University of Waterloo in Canada. Shout out to Kitchener. Uh, and basically she was speaking about dating apps. And what she said was that it can take longer the time they can predict that the time it would take for someone to predict or excuse me, to swipe on their type. You know like we just said whatever that aesthetic is it showed that people tend to take longer to swipe for someone close to their threshold of dating or acceptability it suggests like you just said kind of that we're all dating wrong i kind of would ask your opinion on that but i think you kind of just gave it right but i you know that was something that i wanted to bring up that was a very good study so uh i just wanted to say i mean is there anything else that you would like to expound with on that but
1: um- no, I think it's just, you know, sometimes we're looking for our, uh, for our partners to complement us. But sometimes at certain points of life, we may be looking for our partners to contrast us. And we may be looking for a completely different set of um, attributes or characteristics in our partners.
0: And so I guess I got to ask this as a follow up. But this also may have been answered in what you just said. Uh, is according to Samantha jo, this there was a statement given is that And I want to know if you agree with this, yes or no. In the dating market, people can compete ferociously for mates with qualities that do not increase one's chances of romantic happiness. No. You don't agree with that? I don't agree with that. Okay, please expound.
1: Well, it's just that uh, each person or potential partner... Is a unique combination of all kinds of different values, and you know, it's just a—it it just has to be right for you specifically. And the, by the way, I don't buy into a concept of you know, one soulmate or the one. Uh, I think Uh-oh. you know, it's—it's um, it's a very faulty statement and belief. I think there is definitely more than one person out there for you. It just depends on again, what your needs are at the moment and how you go about it and what you're willing to compromise on, which uh, versus something that is the core and and you're looking for that.
0: Wow, wait a minute. So, so, you know, now we're in 2022 and uh, we have shows called Sister Wives. You know, we have different things out there. Um, You know, I don't want to put anybody out there, but we have different things that are out there. When you say, I don't believe in one, Per, per person having one soulmate, one, that yeah. that is that is the you know segue to the only other question I could ask, <laughs> which is polygamy. We talk, uh, you know, that is that is something that is very prevalent nowadays. Like the show Sister Wives, or um, you know, in Atlanta in, in Georgia, I feel like it's very popular for some reason. I don't know why, mm-hmm. um, but that's something that people are saying like openly non monogamous. Uh, you know, what they what is that word they put? Uh, people have such a there's such there's so many different terminologies for it. Classifications is hard to keep up. But what are your thoughts? Since you said that no one has one soulmate, what would be your thoughts on polygamy as it stands, and you know how how it's kind of sort of become a part of our dating standard?
1: I think it very much has to do with evolution of us as humans. Um, the whole notion of Death Does Us, d- does us Apart um, came from back in the days when people's lifespan was, you know, like 35 years, 35 years. And so they married early, they died early and, you know, they married uh, for economic and safety reasons, which is a lot different right now in this modern world where, um, you know, we expect our partners to be our safe harbor. We expect them to be, you know, an inspiration, great lovers, you know, a friend, a soulmate, all of it. And sometimes it's just not possible to get that from the exact same person. So I think that's where and that and the sense of entitlement uh, of why can't I have it all? I should be entitled to have it all. So I think evolutionary, it's very much granted. for where we are at as a society uh, personally it's not my thing thing but i'm very open-minded uh, to other people hmm. who make it their choice as long as they're transparent about
0: it wait a minute hold on and did you just draw a state straight line between polygamy and entitlement
1: a little bit yeah
0: <laughs> Ooh, wow wow that's that's almost hitting on another show but oh, I mean, go, go ahead, please. I but more. I th- but more. I think
1: but I think uh, there's also to the opposite spectrum of it, right? People can be entitled in monogamous relationship as well. Again, expecting that one person fulfilling their uh, every need, and often the needs that they should be fulfilling themselves. Because again, if you are not mm. happy as a person, nobody's going to make you happy.
0: Wow. Wow, I love so that's that.
1: entitlement too, right? Yeah. I want you to make me happy. Well, why don't you just go ahead and do it yourself, right? Your partner should be a nice to have to a compliment to your happiness and not like replacement for your own peace of mind and happiness and accomplishment.
0: Well, wow, wow, I love so how how you wove that together, um, but you know if I if I can speak on myself, uh, I do. Oh, excuse me, speak on the subject matter myself. Right. Yeah, I do see a certain sense of entitlement, um, and, 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 I, and it's hard to say on which end it, it lands, uh, but it feels to me as, as on the man's end, and I'm not just trying to speak down on my brothers, uh, my fellow men. I do feel like, you know, a, a man who's saying that I was entitled to such and such a wife, like that's a sense of selfishness, and I do feel like marriage is the evolution of us giving of ourselves. We don't have to be married to give of ourselves. But that's a part of it, that's that's what creates that bond. Uh, and yeah, I do understand what you mean when you said people's lifespans was shorter. And so if, to death do you part meant something different, maybe prior, if people were only living to about 33, 35, it, it may have meant something different. But I think where we're at with technology and where we're, you know, where things, people are living longer, there are health treatments, uh, you know, so many different, almost cures for different things. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at Magic Johnson, mm-hmm. right? look no further, um, then it becomes a sense of entitlement. As we live longer, we start to see ourselves in different lights. So, I, you know, I, I kind of like can see your point, And I do agree with that because I feel like the evolution of us, of us growing older is us giving more of ourselves. Um, that doesn't mean that we don't get. That doesn't mean that, uh, you know, we, we don't have certain things that, yeah, we can expect because of who we are, because of what we represent. Uh, because of how good of a mother we are, because of how good of a father we are, because of how good of a, of a whomever that we represent to someone um, and, 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 have, and have proven to do that over a period of time. But it just means that, yeah, um, I shouldn't, you know, look at. So I, I, I mean, I guess in, in some way, if, excuse me, with the entitlement, you know, factor of it is a man is like, well, you know, I'm doing this you know because men are kind of sort of built that way we're like well you know i did work so where's my food you know what i mean where's my dinner like men kind of have that entitlement and so if you have two or three wives
1: asking you out kevin
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah no doubt but that's what i'm saying like that's why i like that you drew the straight line and i didn't know i didn't know you would do that i didn't know you would do that but yeah it's it's it can come from there I don't know if someone has a valid argument about polygamy and they want to, you know, send me, send me, message me. But I just feel like, yeah, that, that is where the, the root of it comes from. I don't know. It can be in some ways uh, beneficial. But I've just yet to find that.
1: Right. And it's also uh, having longer lifespans. We now have more phases that we go through. And it's not necessarily that um you know you and your partner are moving through through those phases at the exact same phase uh pace right so you may be wanting different things you may be developing differently etc and also what i'm looking for in a partner what i was looking in a partner when i was 20 is very different to what i'm looking for in a partner now that i'm 40.
0: well it just got juicy at the end there because we got (laughs) into the polygamy factor i feel like we should have hit that first but um, do you have any other thoughts regarding uh, the psychology of dating after you you're 30 or you know after a long marriage or you know uh, I don't want to put a particular age on it but right. you know after that uh, time has passed and you look at yourself differently. do you have any other final thoughts regarding that uh, that subject?
1: It's just dating um, in late 30s in your early 40s is so awesome because again, you don't need anybody, right? You are enough. Your partner just comes comes along for the fun, for to complement, to enhance your life, and not to do anything for you. You know you are independent, or most people are independent. Everybody has their own day-to-day struggles, of course, but you know it's again the marriage or partnership nowadays are not must have. It's nice to have, right? If there is alignment, if there's if you're having fun. Um, it's the life, quality of life enhancement as opposed to, you know, the basics and safety and economic arrangement and things like that.
0: Wow. Thank you, Anna. I really appreciate that. You're your, your very poignant commentary and, uh, yeah, and the, and the, the little uh, controversy with the polygamy and the entitlement. <laughs> no, uh, but no, it, it, it sparks great for conversation. We thank you guys for tuning in for another week, for another podcast. We appreciate our guest Anna Yoon here. Uh, You know, uh, and just sharing her great thoughts, sharing her time with us. Uh, We want to remind you to uh, to tune in each week. Uh, We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor.fm. Follow us at The Great Northern Way, P-O-D, on Instagram. Uh, And then also on Facebook, you can go to Kevo, K-E-V-O-C-A-B-E-L-L, as well Uh, And if you feel so inclined, donate to the show. You can go to paypal.me and that's forward slash K-E-V-O-C-A-B-E-L-L. But also, guys, be on the lookout for the Great Northern Way shop uh, selling this great merchandise that we have here. Um, But, yeah, that's also on the way. And, uh, yeah, we just thank you guys so much for listening and remind you again to uh, stay listening and be kind. I'm Kev O. Signing off for Anna Youn. Be kind.